Why does this? Okay. Winner. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you said that because I was about to say something else. Uh, w I. <laughs> <laughs> one bo- one bodily part reference per episode. It could be a hot dog. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I'm your host, Michael, better known as the Kaiju Groupie. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Travis, get in my belly, Alexander. Woo! <laughs> and, uh, and I almost forgot, almost forgot, we do have a very special guest with us this week, Travis. Mm-hmm. We have our very good friend... Nathan Butthurt Marchland. Oh, come the <laughs> frick on. Are you getting memos from the board now? Because I think that's how they're spelling my name. <laughs> well, I got a mysterious... Listen, I got a mysterious email today from some address that I have no clue uh, where it came from. Uh, at first, I thought maybe it was Dada, but I was... Because I, <laughs> I was a little bit afraid to open it, but... Uh, Maybe they did. They did specify that I call you Nathan Marchland for some strange reason. But that's not your name. Uh, no, it's because I sent a short story to a anthology that got published, and the guy doing the cover art when he put my name with all the other writers who were in it put it down as Marchland. So it's this uncorrected typo that has been (laughs) circulating. And somebody on the board got a a wind of this, and now it's become, I think, this running joke with them. They even sent me a memo that I had to read on the air (laughs) where they did that, and I had to correct them. They don't appreciate it when I correct their spelling. I get yelled at by Miss Perkins. It's like being in grade school again. Well, you know, I try not to correct the Orwellian overlords either where I work. So, I mean, fair is fair. Well, I think it's just because I have a bigger brass pair than you do. I'm just. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. So um, getting into the episode. um, It's still PG-13. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We've got some news to talk about this week. Um including some some uh big news that we can't talk about this week on this episode. Oh come on. <laughs> no, we can talk about it a little bit. I know, okay. Yes, we're going to mention some stuff about Godzilla versus Kong. Don't worry. But we're also going to but the trailer but the time of this recording, the trailer hasn't dropped yet. So right. you know, no, that'll be your be your say. big news items for next week. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, we're not waiting that long to talk about this, about the the trailer, no. Uh, So yeah, we are recording this on Friday. The trailer was announced that it's going to drop on Sunday. This episode comes out on Wednesday. So uh, we aren't, we have not seen the trailer as of recording this. Um, But we are planning on doing, me and Michael, on recording a very special broadcast when the trailer drops and putting it out. So if you guys check your 
podcast feeds. Check our uh, check for Kaiju Weekly. You'll see a Kaiju Weekly special broadcast about the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer. Uh, it should already be out when you're listening to this. So go and that, and then you'll hear us talk about, break down, speculate everything about the trailer that we have waited so long to see. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it's going to be interesting because. My intrepid producer, Jimmy from NASA, and I are taking a mini tour to the States because we got invited onto a couple of other podcasts, one of which was this. And uh, we're flying around in Ubermogura, which Jimmy finished like he did Mechanicong Mark II. But, uh, well, uh, you talked to Grattan and Travis because we took it for a spin to keep Godzilla and Kong in line because they got a little bit rowdy on the island. And uh, that didn't go well. <laughs> I always thought it was uh, Jimmy from Nasada, not Jimmy from NASA. No, I think that's his cousin. <laughs> oh, Nasa. <okay>. Nasa. <laughs> but no. Jimmy so... from Nasa. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. But Before anyway, we get... so we had to park Ubermogra at an abandoned airfield not too far from here so that uh, we could come over. He's. He's not here, but he is listening in on us because this little soundboard that I brought with us to record, he's listening in on. Uh, to, he's listening into this broadcast because there's a little radio on there. He's too busy writing the next chapter of his autobiography, The Warrior in Space. But if he thinks, uh, if if he feels like it, he may come in and be a little bit snarky. I can't. I have no control over my producer, so just be prepared. <laughs> okay. Right. Also, are, I just want I, Elijah. I know you're listening to this. I just want to let you know I'm winning. <laughs> I am now the most frequent guest host on Kaiju Weekly. I might even add that to my Twitter profile. <laughs> and oh wow! Depending on how this how this episode goes, you may not show back up till season three. Screw you. Uh, but I, yeah. Yeah. It may not it may can't be. be friends anymore. <laughs> all right. All right. Before we get too deep into the weeds, we do have some other news to talk about. So, Travis, yes. let's cue the beady beady. Cue the beady beady. All right. So, Clifford is a kaiju. Clifford is a kaiju. Oh, sweet Jesus. Stop it. <laughs> Uh, Film Arena is releasing a new limited edition steelbook set for Godzilla 2014, Kong, Skull Island, and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Each set appears to include Region B discs and features a variety of extras. Uh, they showed a picture of these uh, sets, uh, what they are going to look like, and all the things that's coming with them, and they look gorgeous. What do you guys think? Uh, remind Go me ahead. what I'll Film Arena is. Because I'm not familiar with that company. They uh, are a, I want to say that they're a, um, they're like, they're a manufacturer out of Europe, I think. Probably. I don't I'm, really I'm know. Assuming so. I hadn't heard of them either up until this point, but, you know, just speaking of um, the sets themselves, I mean, yeah, they are gorgeous, but the thing that really has bugged me ever since is that we have never received a 4k release of Godzilla 2014. Right. And I'm sitting here wondering why, because you know, it exists. 
Mm-hmm. So why not give it to us? Well, I've heard guess- that there's supposed to be a 4K re-release of it. And I'm not normally for my own personal collection anyway, not usually one to jump at getting 4K releases. But if it looks brighter, <laughs> yeah. I, I will buy the 4K version. <laughs> Right, yeah, and that's one of the main complaints with Godzilla 2014 is just how dark it is. Now, the same complaint could be said for Godzilla King of the Monsters as well. But um, as for the like the Steelbook release itself, I mean, aside from the cover, which I have the FYE cover, which is the exact same cover, but it doesn't come with all these extras, like the, the posters and the cards and things like that. So I probably won't be picking that up. I would be more tempted to get because I and I also have uh, two versions of the Steelbook for King of the Monsters, so I probably won't be grabbing that one either. Um, but I am tempted to grab the one for Kong Skull Island because I did miss out on the Steelbook version, the Steelbook coll- collector's release from Best Buy on that one when it first came out. <coughs> you know who yeah. probably will buy all of these. Uh, the guy I'm beating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Elijah. Well, no, he may not buy all of them because he has some pretty visceral hate for King of the Monsters for some reason. And yet he owns an ungodly number of copies of Godzilla 98. Yep. He sure does. I mean, you he can't. He sure does. Uh, you, you, <laughs> And you can't uh, fault the man for for having good taste, can you? Because he because he doesn't. So, uh. <laughs> all right. Uh, so next bit of news that we're going to talk about is the new Godzilla versus Kong ten inch Funko Pop figures. I wanted to include this in the news because i knew nathan was going to be on here and he has a couple of uh mascots for his podcast uh that these guys seem like they would fit in with yes goji kun and bro kong and i've recently added a third one ultramite <laughs> yeah <laughs> he keeps the other two in line because well, let me tell you they're little gremlins but yes when i saw pictures of these new funko pop figures my first reaction was i want them <laughs> yep <laughs> if, uh, goji kun and bro kong could use some friends <laughs> no i'll probably i am not go ahead michael I was going to say I will probably grab these because I just like MonsterVerse stuff. I have a couple monster I have a couple of Funko Pops from the MonsterVerse uh already. So I'll probably grab these anyway cuz I think I I think they both look great. Uh Yeah, they really do. They they look they look great. They look very detailed. Um I'm not a big Funko Pop person. Uh I mean, I don't, you know, I don't disrespect anybody who who collects them, but I'm just not for me. Funko Pop vinyl figures are the new Beanie Babies. Yeah, they really are. Um, but it's just not my cup of tea. But these do. I mean, they like they do look great. They do look great, and I'm always up for Godzilla merchandise. Period. So, uh, yeah, these and and they're ten inches. Now, is that the is that a standard size for no, Funkos? Do you no, guys know? No, that's one of the, I didn't uh, think it they're was. They're larger. Yeah. They're a lot larger. Actually, now that I think about it, those things are going to be gigantic. I have one ten inch Funko Pop figure, which is the the child, aka Baby Yoda. 
from uh-huh. the Mandalorian Grogu. and yeah, uh, spoiler warning, Grogu, <laughs> but uh, which I, uh, I I got recently. Well, I bought it a few months ago, and I originally I thought you know this is kind of brilliant because it's more or less life size, but yeah. So these figures are going to be gigantic. So they're probably you're probably going to be looking at. I would say at least 40 bucks a pop MSRP. Yeah. Something like that. Because I was in the books, I was in books a million, uh, not too long ago and they have an entire three sections of Funko pop. And in the Disney section, there was a giant Ursula from the little mermaid Funko pop and they, and the 10 inch versions are really big. Uh, Yeah. I've seen the, I've seen the giant, I've seen a giant um, Pikachu, uh, yeah, pops and i've seen a giant um scrooge mcduck ones are the mm-hmm. ones i've seen so that's what i was that's what i was wondering i was like I, yeah this 10 inch seems very big so i was wondering if this was the bigger size ones yeah well, they they're normally about figures. i think three inches tall and then they have ones that are yeah. about six inches tall which are uh, which are goji kun and brokong and so these are the biggest ones i've ever seen the they they don't make the 10 inch ones very often well Hmm. you know nathan you have been recently bitten by a bug known as collectoritis so i imagine i blame you so (laughs) i I will gladly accept the blame for that screw Um, covid he gave me collectoritis <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i'll be grabbing i'll be i'll probably be grabbing these uh when they come out uh most my local books a million uh ha- does a pretty good job of keeping the most recent uh funko pop stuff up getting the most recent funko pop stuff and i think they'll probably be available they'll be available online fye and some other outlets but yeah i mean i'm they'll be easy to find uh but the pricing the pricing is going to be the interesting part, but you're probably closer to, you're probably right, Nathan. They're probably going to be closer to around. Well, and I'm basing that off of what I know the MSRP was for baby Yoda. So, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, you're probably not far off. They're going to be within that 30 to $40 price range. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of, of getting collectoritis, uh, I've, I finally bought a, uh, collectible for myself. Uh, the first one that I bought, or you know, like figure collectible that I've bought in a while. Cause I'm not a big collector person. My, my thing is I always, I always want to, uh, I like having practical stuff. So if it's collectibles, uh, I like it to also have a, another function besides just sitting on the shelf. So like, I, I like, I have a black Panther, um, sweatshirt, a uh, hoodie that I love. It's absolutely one of my favorite things. Um, and it's, it's just gorgeous. And so, you know, but that's what I like. I like things that have a, another function, but I did buy just a statue, a common writer statue. Of course, uh, that, be common writer. Yeah. That is uh, supposed to be here in June, June or July. Cause I pre-ordered oh, I it, was it sooner than that. Yeah. Cause you showed it to me. It's an, it's a nice looking figure. It's a nice looking mm-hmm. statue. Yeah, and it wasn't super expensive either, so that's why I went ahead and got it. So yeah, it's like uh, for the first time in a while, I actually got a figure that's just that's not serving another purpose other than to sit on my desk. <laughs> Honestly, it's not it's not a bad thing to splurge on impractical items every now and then, Travis. Uh, I know. I'm just a very case practical about three person. times a month. So 
Oh, don't go. No, I I have slowed down some. Don't, don't. don't, Okay, now you only get two a month. Okay. (laughs) I did. Okay, so this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. I did pick up these. I did discover they're older. Like they've been around since like 2004, 2005. But these little Yuji Sakai little, I showed them to you, uh, uh, Nathan. the little dioramas, mm-hmm. the little Godzilla mm-hmm. dioramas. I mm-hmm. think these are the nice, like they're not very big. They're like maybe three, four inches tall, but there's so much detail packed into these and they're actually not too expensive uh, to pick up but for, for older little pieces like this. And, you know, yeah, I'm a little bit obsessed with collecting things that are totally impractical. I did grab, I did pre-order the red, the redosaurus. Oh, Scott. nice! Did you pre? Did, uh, did you pre? You pre-ordered that crazy Power Ranger figure set, didn't you? I did. I did. I pre-ordered. Yeah, the we crazy won't talk Power about how much that was. <laughs> oh well, okay. So I did the math on it, and to to buy all of those to buy all those separate is around eighty bucks, which is crazy. I know, but I couldn't pass it up. And I ordered it from a good friend who also runs a uh, a toy site, uh, Kaiju Live. That's where I ordered mine. That's where I ordered the set from. And yeah, I am obsessed with with Power Rangers, so I ordered that set. Um, yeah, well, you know, and I, I didn't. I don't want to make it sound like I'm being judgmental towards people who do mm-hmm. collect things like that because, like, yeah, that's do what you want to do. It's just me as a just. The way I am, my personality, I like practical things. I like things that have multiple uses. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't, I'm just not a big person who likes things that just sit on the shelf. But yeah, that common Rider one, I couldn't pass up. I couldn't pass up a common Rider. <laughs> no, I don't blame but, you. I don't blame yeah, you. It's an, like but I, said, I it's am nice going piece. to. Yeah, but I am probably going to pass up on these Godzilla versus Kong Funko Pops, uh, but um, they do look great. And for anybody who's interested in them, keep an eye out for when they when they go on sale because they do look fantastic. Um, so yeah, so let's move on to the next bit of news. Uh, so we have our first look at this new IDW comic book, uh, that's Godzilla comic book. Uh, it's called Godzilla monsters and protectors. It's been, uh, revealed through, uh, solicitations that we got from IDW. Uh, it's supposed to be released in April of 2021. Uh, I think April 14th 15th something like that but I, I just have it listed as april right now um so here's the info that we have from the solicitation so uh, i'll go ahead and read this summary up uh, to you guys and then we can discuss it sure so godzilla monsters and protectors number one of five the cover art is by dan shoeing uh shoning 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 uh and it's written by eric burnham Uh, Godzilla roars back into comics with a giant-sized first issue. Extra story and extra content mark the King of the Monsters' triumphant return. Rise Up, Part 1. The story is when a coldly single-minded businessman uses an untested element to create clean energy for a profit, he inadvertently awakens the beast from the deep. Godzilla. Sensing the harm the new energy poses to the planet, Godzilla attacks the heart of the problem, humankind. 
it will be up to three intrepid middle school students with a little magic help from Infant Island to show Godzilla that not all humans are bad and that there is still hope for planet Earth. Reuniting the blockbuster creative team of writer Eric Burnham and artist Dan Schoing, uh, Schoing, 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 uh, <laughs> and colorist uh, Louise Antonio Delgado. Uh, Godzilla Monsters and Protectors promises to romp and stomp fans old and new of the greatest kaiju ever like never before. It's 36 pages and it's going to be uh, have a price of 4.99. So, uh thoughts. I'll let you guys talk about Okay, this. when I, I when I read three intrepid middle schoolers, one I think of my intrepid producer, two related to that, I'm thinking, "Oh good god, please don't give us Gamera kids." Or are these going to be like the kids from <laughs> Uh, rebirth of mothra and i can say that about the gamera kids because i'm stuck doing gamera movies for a year on my show and we just had a little banquet on the island that i had some misadventures with and they brought back toshio kenny sakurai for that the original gamera kid so how's your head nathan how's how's your head feeling i still have to take about two aspirin a day so (laughs) that's fair but as far as you know as far as these go i honestly i'll probably just wait for the trade if you if i'm really being honest um yeah i'll probably just wait for the trade copy when it comes out so now this is because we did hear you know and this was it's been a couple of weeks now we did hear about idw is you know pushing uh or is working with toho to do more godzilla stuff and they're not just doing this this is just the first of what we're getting from their new godzilla initiative um this is definitely a young reader's book yeah so i i want listeners to to if listeners if you have read things like um rulers of earth or the uh, half centuries war those comics this is not that this is nothing like those um just looking at the art style just looking at the story this is going to be very much for young fans and i don't think that's a bad thing i i mean we can you know i know there's going to be some fans out there who are like i can't believe they're doing this kids comic book for godzilla whatever like <laughs> kids love Godzilla. It's not we the have... first time this has happened. What is it? No, Scott Sanson wrote novels for 10, 12 year old kids back in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I have them. It's like the, they had like three different levels. They had the, they had the kids books. I think it was, uh, Godzilla, Godzilla likes Godzilla. to roar and yeah, like that. that one. Yeah. Yeah. I had those. And then they had like the young adult reader, like not the young adults, but the younger, re- like the middle school readers, uh, middle were, grade. Like, That's the yeah, in, middle grade in the writing readers. world. It's called middle grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Middle grade readers where it had like Godzilla King of the monsters, Godzilla versus the space monster and all that. And Godzilla right. invades America or something like that. And then you go all the way up to the big, to the adult books where it was like Godzilla 2000 well, young adult. adult. But yeah, Nathan, quit correcting me. Um, <laughs> I'd be glad it's me and not Jimmy. I bet Jimmy's probably snickering right now, but I can't leave Jimmy out of this. I don't even want to hear from him this episode. Um, <laughs> I have no control. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> but, but, uh, yes, they have done this before. I mean, and, and honestly, I'm with, I'm with you too. It's like the more people that get exposed to Godzilla in this genre, the better. Uh, so if they want to do some young readers books, 
then go for it. Like, I'm yeah. sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be great. Honestly, I'll probably pick up the trade when it comes out just to add it to the bookshelf. But yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and I love young reader books. Like young reader books are great because like they can, they can still be fun. They can still be fun. Even for me as a 30 year old to read. Um, I am passionate. This, this really taps into two passions of mine. I'm very passionate about kids getting into comics and having access to comics that are written for them because I think it is, it is, it's a, it's a danger. And a lot of the com big comic book companies, especially the big two, Marvel and DC, do get into this of only writing for longtime fans. Uh, I think that's a danger because then it it closes it out for new fans. You're not bringing in any new fans and you're not bringing in the young kids who love these characters and love these stories. So I'm very passionate about comic books that are written for kids to get them to read. And then I'm also very passionate about stuff that is geared towards kids getting them into Godzilla because I was a Godzilla kid. I loved Godzilla as long as I can remember. Grew up loving Godzilla. So if a new generation of kids, I mean, we have a we have a listener of ours that's 11 years old. He's our favorite listener, and uh, he just this could be his thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I uh, I have a listener. I haven't heard from him in a while, but I have a listener who's a dad, and he has two young daughters, and he listens to my podcast with them. Yeah, uh, so know. I I am totally I am totally on board with this, even if it's not something that is going to appeal to a fan who is like fifty years old and has you know watched Godzilla you know for years and decades and now he's old and jaded um you, you say I, that you say that but i would tell you that a good story even if it's target demographic is say kids a good story is a good story and anybody will enjoy it yeah yeah, and I like that it seems like they're hinting that Mothra is also going to appear in this, or or at least the Shobajin, uh, if nothing else, because they mentioned the Infant Island. Uh, so well, you yeah. know that if they're if they're mentioning if they're teasing the Shobajin and Infant Island, you know Mothra's going to show up in this book. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So I, I'm maybe, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to what this also means. Because like we said, this is just the first of many things that IDW is supposed to be coming out with. So it's not like this is the only thing they're going to oh, make. Yeah. So even yeah, if you don't some... enjoy this, there will be something coming down the pipeline that you will enjoy in the future. Yeah, we're we're going to get like a probably a Rulers of Earth level uh, comic at some point, you know, and yeah. and then, you know, this is, there's more Godzilla comics, not just from IDW, but I think legendary is supposed to put out another mm -hmm. Godzilla. Yeah. They're putting Kong. out some prequel comics for Godzilla versus Kong. Although with the yeah. release date getting <clears throat> moved up, I'm wondering if that's mucking up things with the comic book publishers. Cause I'm looking at this and it says April. So I'm wondering, yeah. are they originally planning to put this out? So it's like, here's a little comic to tide you over until the movie comes out next month. And now it's a month. Now it's been moved to March. They're like, okay, fine. It, did you like the movie? Here, have the comic. <laughs> right. What yeah. I'm actually wondering about is what this does to the art of Godzilla versus Kong book. Hmm. Because I was on Amazon, like while y'all were talking, I, I thought about that. And I was like, I'm looking on Amazon here now trying to find it. Uh, and it still says it still has the original release date on it. Yeah. Hmm. 
I mean, they've changed that before, though. They've they've pushed it back and and moved it forward. So so I'm sure the date for that can be changed. Um, I've only had to but, redo my podcast schedule because of Godzilla versus Kong about five times. Yeah, yeah. But now we're getting. You know, we've been without content. You know, Godzilla versus Kong content for so long, and now we're getting flooded with all kinds of stuff, uh, including the trailer, which will be out yeah. by the time this podcast goes live so yeah, well, i cannot wait theory, to see the trailer my, yeah my theory is that the, they're just going to release the trailer in tiny pieces and expect fans to edit it together like it's a video puzzle <laughs> well i mean that that's what they're doing uh, basically <laughs> is what they're doing and then we'll watch the trailer like i saw this in three and five second chunks all week <laughs> I've, yep. already, I've seen the whole thing. Yeah, because there's a, they're already doing TV spots and everything that are kind of like uh, teasers for the trailer. Yeah, so, I was yeah. seeing stuff on Twitter with people who were you know, trying to watch and refresh <laughs> YouTube videos just to you know, just to mm-hmm. see if they could get it to play before a YouTube video. Like, oh my yeah, gosh, we've people! Got, <laughs> we've gotten a total of what three? We gotten one long spot, one sh- and two shorter spots that. Is that is that right? We've gotten three Something so like far. like that. I've lost yeah. track. There's been. It feels like there's been several of them. That have yeah. There's. I, I've lost track of them too. Uh, I'm just like I said, just waiting for the trailer. And uh, so yeah, if you guys want to hear our thoughts on the trailer, check out the the uh, bonus episode that we put out before we put this episode out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, moving on with the news, uh, we have just one last little bit of news. Ultraman Leo is the next Ultra series that's being released from Mill Creek, and that is coming in April of 2021. I so, will probably pre-order this soon. <laughs> have you guys? guys seen anything from leo yes i've seen one episode of leo because the first episode was posted with subtitles several years ago on shout factory's youtube channel what's on tokushatsu yeah it's on tokushatsu yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ultraman leo has actually been airing on tokushatsu for a while now even before the other ultramans Mm -hmm. uh it was the it was airing, so it was the only Ultraman that you could get on Tokushatsu for a while. Uh, it also was available on Tubi because Shout Factory has all of their stuff on Tubi, uh, so you could actually watch it on Tubi. So I have actually watched a good bit of Ultraman Leo, um, and uh, before I've even watched some of the other uh, Ultraman series. So so that's interesting. Um, it is it is uh, it's something. <laughs> that's what I've that's, heard. That's what I've been hearing. I have a listener named Kyoe Toshi that is not a fan, who is not a fan of it. But oh yeah, to- yeah, Kyoe Toshi. Yeah, I watched a couple of episodes of Leo when when while it's while I caught it on uh, Tokushatsu, and you're yeah, it's it's interesting. It's something. I'll, I'll say that. It's, it's something. It's, I'm, it's on the ver- I'm on the verge of finishing Ace. <laughs> it's hard to top the insanity of Ace. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still not the biggest fan of Showa era Ultraman. Um, I find myself enjoying more of like the Heisei to the Neo Heisei uh, era stuff. So, so yeah. But um, my question heroes is what I think it's called. Yeah, something like that. Um, have you guys heard? Because I know they put out uh, a list a while back, and I don't have it in front of me. But do you guys remember 
is Ultraman 80 one of the ones that Mill Creek is going to be released? From are. what I understand, yeah. it is. Yeah. The, the okay. only ones that are in question are uh, 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 The Adventure Begins, that animated movie that Hanna-Barbera did. Right. The uh, uh, the Australian series, the Ultraman Great, although in Australia it was called Ultraman Towards the Future. Jumping ahead a little bit, the subject of that we'll be discussing tonight and I think that's about it. There's some Ultra Q stuff that they still have to work stuff out, like Ultra Q Dark Fantasy they have to work out. Right. And uh, the Ultra Q movie, I know they have to work that out. Uh, technically, think- Mill Creek doesn't have any of the newer stuff yet, but I think it's basically going to happen. It's just not officially slated as of yet. So uh, Taiga and Z, they don't technically have yet, but they are going to release it. Okay. Uh, Tiga, if I remember right, Tiga was supposed to be, um, it's supposed to be a while before they get to that one. Which yeah, is, because uh, they're <clears throat> they're doing it weird. They're doing the show of stuff in order, but they're going backwards with the newer stuff. Right. So eventually they're going to yeah. get to a middle point where, you know, they'll get to that beginning of the Heisei era for Ultra. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, Ultraman Leo is the next one. We, like we said, it's April 13th is when it's uh, set to come out. Then we have Ultraman Zero, the movie, um, which is the super deciding fight, the Belial Galactic Empire. Revenge um, of Belial. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that one's coming out in spring 2021. Ultraman Saga uh, is coming out, which is a film, uh, is coming out in spring. Uh, Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster Battle is coming out in spring. <laughs> the one with the ridiculous title that was probably made uh, that's by the a series. title. That's oh, the series. Oh, okay. Not the movie that now, it sounds like it was made by a, a random title generator. <laughs> right. Um, now, that one's not listed on here, that that one that you're talking about, but I think that one and the Ultraman Zero movie were supposed to both come out, because those are both Ultraman I Zero movies. I think they're including the movie with the series. Okay, okay. I could well, be wrong on that. You know, don't um, don't yell it, at me, Jimmy, but yeah, I think that's what's going on. It does say the Ultraman uh, 80 is supposed to be coming out, but it says to be announced. Um, so it's going to be a while probably yeah. before yeah. we get anything from yeah. that. Well, and the um, thing is, is technically from if they're going chronologically from the Showa era, there's the the Ultraman, which was an anime. Right. That's which before if I'm, 80. Which, if I'm correct, that one is not coming out. No, Mill um, Creek has. I think Mill Creek is going to release it. They just haven't said any, put in a you know official date yet. I've heard they. Can, I haven't they heard anything release. about because, as far as I know, none of the animated stuff was supposed to be coming out well, through Mill Creek. That it could be the case. I've been told they're going to release it, but yeah, I'm I thought sure. Mill Creek had had potential or current access to everything. No, not, not everything. White. Like I said, there's a f- anything okay. that was a co-production, Subaraya has to work out some rights issues. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that that animated one was a co-production, even though it, it's not. It wasn't um, a foreign co-production. It was a co-production with another Japanese company, but it was a co-production. 
Um, so that's what I'm wondering because it's not listed. I, I pulled up the release schedule, mm. um, and it's not listed on anywhere. Well then, um, Elijah, I'm beating you, and get me accurate information. But <laughs> yeah, Elijah would probably know more than than he's the one who told I'm, me I'm that they at, were going to release it. Yeah, um, but I mean, I am I am looking at the schedule here that they have online, and it's not listed. But that might change. That might change. Um, and this might not be 100 yeah, accurate. It, it, Superaya is working really hard to just. Put all be able to release all of their stuff at this point. They are Tokusatsu Santa Claus at this point. They just want to give yeah. everything here. Have it. We love you. Have yeah. it. You know, we love our fans. Meanwhile, and then you have Toei that's like, give us money. But <laughs> right. The the reason why I was asking about um Ultraman 80 was because and it's and I know it's it's such a weird thing. They showed a picture of the box art for Ultraman Leo for the you know the release. Oh, the spine. Yeah, the spine art, and you know how they all line up to create mm-hmm, one mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. picture, right? Leo is the last one in the line for that picture. I know it's weird. I thought it was going, which go is all weird because it's 80. not the last. Yeah, it's not the last. That's not the last Showa era Ultraman. So where's eighty going to fit into that picture if he's going to fit in at all? So maybe they do, and maybe they do a separate run now. Maybe they have a separate run plan with a different mural or something. Maybe. Uh, Maybe because because like I thought it was going to be like all the Showa era ones were going to be together, then all the Heisei era ones, then all like the Neo Heisei, the new or late Heisei and Reiwa all together. I figured that's how that the portraits were going to work, but now like this is throwing that off. So that's why I was just curious about Ultraman eighty. So like, huh? How's it fit into the spine art? Um, such a weird thing to talk about uh, as no, fans. It's, it's like, fine. oh, the spine art. <laughs> No, it's it's relevant. It's relevant. And, you know, I like that kind of stuff, too. I have all of my Ultra series that I have so far. I have everything up to Ace. So Leo will be next. And, uh, or no. No, you're missing Taro. Taro, I am missing Taro. Taro's the newest one. I just got that in, actually. Yeah, Taro came out in January. So, yeah, this month. Um, So, yeah, uh, Taro and then Leo. Okay. So I have them all, the ones I have so far, I have them all in my DVD case, my DVD shelf. And I mean, I wish they would just continue the whole show a line and have one gigantic mural. I mean, but if they have something else planned, then, you know, more power to them, I guess. It's not going to matter. We're still, as fans, we're still going to pick them up anyway. Yeah, at this point, I honestly, I think it would behoove American tokusatsu fans to support these Mill Creek releases so they'll keep doing them. <laughs> oh yeah, because oh, yeah, for sure. Superaya, not Superaya, does want to really cater to its fans, but they also like making money. And if we keep showing them, we will give you money. <laughs> They'll keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's it for the news for this week. And so I think we're going to. Uh, are we ready to move on to the to the main topic? No, we got to yep, do the trivia. What that, well, that's part that's, of the main oh, topic, okay. Nathan. That's part of the main topic. I thought you listened to our podcast. I'm right. sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For someone who's supposedly winning, I mean, you're not doing a very good job right now, Nathan. You should know the format by now. Oh, man. What was um, that? What was that? Hold on. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. Anyway. Tell him, no, just tell him to go back to work. We don't need him right now. He is he is not part of this conversation. 
Oh, oh, he's not happy with you either. <laughs> I don't care. Take it up. Yeah, look, I, if I if I have to, I will file a complaint with the board, James. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, except I think the board's compl- uh, complaint deposit box looks suspiciously like a grenade. So have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to look like an incinerator. <laughs> Uh, okay, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, I, guys, I, I think I, I'm getting called away, uh, to go help Jimmy out with something. So, um, uh, I think I'm going to have okay. to leave you guys to okay. handle the rest of the episode. All righty uh, then. Uh, all right. You know, we're um, experienced well. semi-professional podcasters. We can do this. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, have fun. Um, don't let Jimmy do anything foolish or dangerous. Oh, but what's the fun in that? Well, I hope Jimmy has the controls for Ubermoger, a password protected, because... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk to you guys later. All right. All right, you have a good time. Well, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't know why... I'm, like, did Jimmy say something about needing travis earlier today when you were talking oh, to him he on the did way over? say something on our way over here about how he might talk to travis about publishing excerpts of his autobiography and kaiju ramen so i mean it's 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 a little i'm not gonna lie it's a little bit rude for jimmy to call him away in the middle of the episode i mean i hope jimmy if you're listening and i know you are um i hope it's really important because that was actually kind of rude calling Travis away, but you know, whatever, uh, who am I to judge? You guys probably have some really important business to take care of. No doubt about that. So I guess, uh, what is it they say on with the show? Um, <laughs> the show must go on. The show, the show <laughs> must go on. You're correct. So, uh, f- as per tradition for this podcast, we like to ask the trivia question to set up the uh, movie or television show that we're going to be watching. So this week's trivia question is what American tokusatsu program was the last official foreign produced Ultraman series to date? Uh, And boy, did we get some interesting answers. You also Uh, got a lot of answers. (laughs) We got a ton of answers, and I and I am going to read them all. But I'm probably oh, we can take turns. Uh, oh, since there's a bunch of them, that's fine. We can. That that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a good way to mostly keep, because uh, I want to take the second one on the list. But <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Selfishness. Uh, okay, so the the first answer came from you, Damon. You keep this Moist. up. You, you keep this up, and I'm going to quit the show. I mean, you could do it all by yourself. But hey, I'll be fine. I'm. I sit and talk to myself all day anyway. It's just me and the cat. So, um, that just means you're insane. But true, there is probably a little bit of insanity. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the first uh, answer came from our friend Damon Noyce. If I'm saying your last name incorrectly, you Damon, are. I'm He's sorry. told me how to say it. Okay. Uh, and his answer was Ultra Dweeb, the adventures of the 1980s nerd, the 19 of the 80s nerd given the power of the Ultra to supercharge his internet geekiness. Inherent. To un- inherent geekiness to unimaginable levels, but does nothing for his fighting skills or coolness factor. Well, that sounds, <laughs> that pretty much sums up my entire middle school 
wonderful experience. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. <laughs> it's like Revenge of the Nerds with an ultra. <laughs> I liked Revenge of the Nerds though. It was such a it was like such a good movie. Like it just it just gave me all the feels. But anyway, uh Nathan, what's our next one? Uh, then we have uh my intrepid producer, Jimmy from NASA, who answered with American Ultra. That sounds like a beer brand. It's actually a movie. Oh. Okay. It's well, a movie I mean, about a former I haven't seen it yet, but I did look it up because I'm like, dude, what are you referencing? And it's a 2015 movie about a spy a former spy who has been targeted by his enemies after retirement, and apparently he's too good and too high to care. That is literally what it said on IMDb. Okay. So it's a legitimate it's a that is a legitimate movie title. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh American Ultra. Like I've seen a lot of those older sort of stoner movies, but I don't think I, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Jimmy, what are you smoking up there in the Uber in the Uber Mogra that you're going to be give that you're giving answers like American Ultra? Really, Jimmy, you brought some of Doctor Dorif's Matango along with you. You that stuff is dangerous. You burn it right now. All right. No, no, don't no, don't be giving that to Travis, please, because we don't. Ugh. We we don't need we don't need uh Travis high on shrooms for Ugh. that is that is for sure. Uh, that's got to be breaking at least a few laws. I'm just saying <laughs> that would that would actually uh, break the probably the PG-13 level for this show. Uh, so the next answer came from our good friend Elijah Thomas. And by the way, hashtag read- winning. <laughs> Hashtag Nathan is winning. I have to concede the I have to concede to the winner who is Nathan for this episode. Elijah, we like you more. Anyway, um we can't be friends anymore. Uh, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> Elijah's or Elijah's answer was Ultra Yeti, now with action nipples. Didn't they do that in Austin Powers? <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, the blondes with the, with the boob guns. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, Chris Deagle. Is that how you say it? Deagle. Deagle? Deagle. Okay, Chris Deagle. I'm sorry. Who had Ben 10, which is not you know, too I, far off because apparently they had an Ultraman-inspired character in Ben 10 in at least one episode. Yeah, I mean, I could, yeah, I remember watching Ben 10 growing up. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty decent answer actually because I think there was a char- there was a very Ultraman like character in that television show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next answer came from Kaiju Kim, and she says uh, Ultra Woman eighty four. Uh, I'm pro- I'm gonna take a wild guess and say that was probably better than Wonder Woman eighty four. You know, but well, okay. Now <laughs> let's be fair. I watched. I went and watched Wonder Woman eighty four, and although it was not as good as the first, I still had fun with it. I did mainly too. because mainly because of Gal Gadot. She is gorgeous. But yeah. I, I, oh, well, can you imagine if Gal Gadot Gadot, have you say her name? If she got to be an Ultra, I would be one hundred and ten percent behind that. She could be Ultra Mother. Mother, of, mother ultra. of ultra <laughs> she could be the mother of ultra because i because the ultra people don't age and so there you go perfect she would make the perfect mother of ultra or sister of ultra is there a sister of ultra there is an ultra woman uh ultra woman grigio grigio mm. i forget exactly how to say it. it's a newer character from taiga 
she's been uh, in a few okay. episodes of the Absolute Conspiracy, so that's a gotcha. about all I really know about her. Gotcha. Okay. Well, our next uh, answer came from our friend Alex Sperling, uh, and he wrote Ultra Playtime. What do we what we do when someone pushes you? <laughs> this actually sounds like it could actually be a real PSA. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's true. Like, can right. you imagine like them doing a commercial with like these kids and then all of a sudden like a bunch of bullies are bullying these kids like a 1980s or so PSA. <laughs> and all of a and then all of a sudden, like this one kid jumps in dressed as sort of like a pseudo Ultraman and says, stop, bullying is wrong. And then go and then proceeds to just beat up on the other kids. That would be, that would be pretty funny. And then it, but it has to end with, and now you know, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> I demand that it end that way. I'm just saying. All right. And then... Right. The next one is from our is from Matt and Gratton, my Wait, fellow hang on, hang Uber Moger pilots. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we sure we want to read this one, or do you think Travis will get mad at us, or should we just say, or should we just throw caution to the wind and and read it anyway? Given some of the other things that we have talked about on this podcast, I think we can risk it. I don't know if I would read this on my show, I but mean, I'll gladly read it on this one. <laughs> I mean, we do talk about Yeti nipples on this yes. on this podcast. So this is probably this is this is I would say this is PG thirteen level stuff. So I mean if you right. say it once, I think it's okay. But I'll yeah. I'll read it so that if it's a problem, you can blame the guest. And okay. you know, it doesn't have to go on you, Michael. But Although you're partly to blame for this because I saw the Twitter thread on my way here because they said (laughs) something else and you said, oh, come on, guys, you can do better than that. And then they gave you a very giant monster BS sort of answer. And I'm like, you brought this on yourself, dude. I'm just saying. All right. So but here you go. Here you go. Star episode 69, the pimp ire, the pimp ire strikes backhand. (laughs) Which, given one of the uh, little memes that I saw from Kaiju Crap posting, I'll censor that one, a few months ago about the what we're talking about today, that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, good job, guys. Good job. You never, let us, you never let us down. See, I knew. I knew you guys had it in you. Um, <clears throat> anyway, moving well, on. Well, I'll take this, oh, this one, is- too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go for it. Cause yeah, because uh, uh, this guy just, uh, I don't know if he just got hired or if he just made his presence known. I've joked before that the Monster Island Board of Directors has an army of lawyers. If that's the case, this guy is the general, but it is Raymond Martin, who has declared himself so the MIFV legal team. <laughs> Why does that name sound so familiar? I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. I'm not sure either. Like, I feel it, like it's a, uh, it's, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's, it's like, you know, when you have a burr stuck on you and you can't quite get it off, you know? Yeah. Or it's it, like, it's like you have that, it's like you have that deja vu moment and you're thinking to yourself, where have I seen hurt or done this before? Yeah. Like why, basically. Why is this happening? Anyway, what is, what does old Raymond say? Uh, he said, super fantastic action legal eagles. A team of law clerks gained the ability to transform into humaniform birds with the powers of the accumulated legal resources and knowledge of the world 
to right the wrongs of justice gone bad. Wow. Okay. You well, know what? I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd watch it too. Honestly, I, I think I'd watch it too. Uh, that sounds really fascinating. Oh, and here we go. Here's here's another me- here's a message from our good friend, Mr. Danny Damana, old Danny boy. Uh, he says, "Ultra, ultra, ult, ultraman." Did, ulta- wait, did you copy and paste this exactly? <laughs> I did. I copied and pasted this exactly <laughs> what he said, Danny. From one writer to another, you disappoint me. <laughs> it says, Ottoman, the ultimate. I'm, the I'm ultramate? The, ultram, <laughs> the ultram, ultramate hero, a.k.a. Power Man, Ultrad. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds intentional, Danny, and it's on the record now. So, um <laughs> It, and on to another listener who actually gave us the correct answer. Ultraman Powered, a.k.a. Ultraman, the ultimate, the ultimate. <laughs> you, you got Danny's the, answer I, stuck in your mouth, I don't know, you? I know. I got Danny's thing stuck in my head. And that answer came from Corey, uh, one of our listeners yeah. on, on Twitter. Yeah, and then um, we have uh, Nick Blackler, who answered Frasier. You know, Frasier is a good show. It is. Uh, but this has nothing to do with Frasier. Probably hmm. not. Probably not. But thank you, Nick. Although Kelsey were, Grammer, were, Kelsey Grammer could could be in an ultra series, and I'd watch it. Yeah, he could. I see him as the stoic professor. He could be like the. He could have been like the stoic American scientist from this uh, series. Yeah, because um, there was I, one that. Kind, yeah, there was one that kind of looked like Frazier. That's true. That's true. And yeah, you know, I've, I've Kelsey Grammer played Beast in X Men, and he that was perfect casting. So just have a prof- an old professor quote Shakespeare. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Jojira, Ultraman-powered, a.k.a. the one that looks like he has a Nappa mustache, which after this, after Jojira <laughs> said this, I can't unsee it. I cannot uh, unsee it now. Uh, uh, the only thing I have to say to that is it's over 9,000. <laughs> what? 9,000? <laughs> oh and last but certainly not least we have uh looks like this comes in the what in the in from a brand new ultraman podcast yes a, a to a to z an ultraman podcast and i know the guys behind this one and i'm looking forward to its debut um since you said american i'd have to say powered which you guys would be correct Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, uh, today we will be reviewing Ultraman: The Ultimate Hero, also known as Ultraman Powered, also known as the most '90s Ultraman series I have ever seen. Considering there were only a handful in the '90s, that's uh, that's not saying a lot. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But it's very '90s. It is very, very 90. So, cast and crew, Harrison Page as Captain Russell Edland. Uh, Kane Gosugi as... Kosugi. Kosugi as... Uh, Kenichi. Kin, Kenichi uh, and Kai, which also... Uh, Kenichi Kai also played Ultraman Powered. Uh, Rob Roy Fitzgerald as Rick Sanders. Sandra... Uh, Gibord? Gubord? Gibord? Gwee, uh, Gweeboard? You know, it's like Gweeboard? or Gearboard? Like Gearon? But 
maybe ge- we'll go with Gearboard as uh, Teresa Beck, uh, Robin Bay, uh, Robin Bliley. I said Bailey as <laughs> Julia Young, Scott Rogers as Ultraman powered uh, the suit actor. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are talking about actually your favorite Ultraman show. Is that correct? I don't know if I would call it my favorite, but it's one I like to talk about because it gets hated on way too much, I think. Undeservedly, well, I would say. It's one I like to champion. Uh, the plot breakdown reads like this. Uh, W-I-N... Why does this... Okay. Winner. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you said that because I was about to say <laughs> something else. Uh, W-I... <laughs> <laughs> one bo- one bodily part reference per episode. It could be a hot shirt. dog. It could be or a do- or or an actual breed of dog. It could be a dachshund. What are we talking? A dash hound. Okay, there we go. It's a dash hound. The 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 abbrevi- the, the acronym for you just found your cold open. Okay. The acronym for this uh, organization resembles a dash hound, <laughs> aka a wiener dog. Uh, so the W I N the W I N R member Kenichi Kai transforms into a new Ultraman to defend the Earth from giant monsters and aliens, just like every other Ultraman series. <laughs> um, so, so. Nathan, why do you love this so much? (laughs) Because it is, to date, the only live action, I'll qualify it with that, the only live action American-produced Ultraman series. Now, it's not the only American-made Ultraman media because there's the Hanna-Barbera-produced movie from 1987 called The Adventure Begins, Ultraman The Adventure Begins, which was meant to be the pilot for a television series that never happened. Right. So I have a soft spot for it uh, because of that. Yes, I am a dirty, dirty American. Eat it. But We know. (laughs) So it's that. And to be honest, there's a lot of things that I appreciate about this show, which we'll get into, but that's, kind of the big reason it's a little bit of an outlier it, you know there aren't very many foreign made ultra series period and so that's another reason that it's fascinating because it's another country interpreting this franchise mm-hmm. and putting their own little spin on it right uh i thought that was it is a little bit jarring when you first start watching this series because we you know if you've watched any other ultra series, it's all Japanese actors speaking Japanese, either with subtitles or dubbed. Uh, but these are all very American, very nineties actors and actresses playing in, playing in a franchise that is, that has been historically Japanese, which mm-hmm. it is, it's a little bit jarring. Uh, a little bit, some, it is, it does take some getting used to, but like I was saying, this is the very first time I've watched it and I was pleasantly surprised how much I was enjoying myself. Yeah. Now uh, I should note we do have a Japanese American in the show. We do. Yes. The host for Ultraman, which I thought was right. a nice touch on their part. There is another right. 
a few years before this, there was another Ultraman series. We mentioned it briefly when we were talking about this in the news. It's called Ultraman Towards the Future or Ultraman Great. That was produced in Australia. And the there was an Asian character in that show because I've seen that one too. But it, she w- it was a woman. She was just a part of the team. She was not the host for Ultraman. Right. Um, so Travis, so we can get into our likes and dislikes. And since Travis had to leave us, he did leave me a note here on the desk. It says to make sure to read all of his likes and dislikes. So we're going to start with, oddly enough, the hair. So nice. <laughs> which That's sounds what exactly it says. Like, which which is which is, sounds exactly like something Travis would say. Like he would, the first thing he would comment about not the cre- not the redesigned kaiju, not the uh, ultra suit with the mustache, but the hair, the nineties <laughs> hair. So, um, one thing that I really enjoyed about this show is how how. Um, what am I looking? What's the right word I'm looking for? Um, how delightfully cheesy it was. Um, <laughs> there is a very '90s sort of cheesy charm to the mm-hmm. show. I was chatting with Travis over text about this on the way here, and he was saying that it reminded him a lot of something like Sliders. That's, oh, so that, yeah. That kind of style of 90s TV sci-fi that was, or like you know, would have been considered 5. kind of cutting edge, uh, you know, and really good when it was first, or Quantum Leap, that was another example again. Quantum Leap, yeah. Yeah, when it was yeah, on, it, but when you look back on it now, it seems a little bit corny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, speaking of corny, I mean, the with, the, with some of the kaiju redesigns, they actually made Red King red. I know, which was another one of Travis's <laughs> likes in this. <laughs> I, I, I'm amazed that it takes a bunch of Americans to figure out if it's if the monster's name is Red King, why is he not red? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Actually, do we have an explanation as to why he's called Red King? I haven't looked the, that up, but uh, I know there's a reason, but I don't remember it offhand. There's got to be a reason why he's not read in the original Super Aya show. There's got to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, before we continue, I do want to mention uh, there's a lot that could be said about the production of this show. But before we continue, in order to kind of give your listeners context to understand you know, some of the criticisms that get lobbed at this show. Sure. Go ahead. The, this was at, made at a time when Super Aya was interested in doing. You know, allowing foreign studios to do different takes on Ultraman. Mm-hmm. The last time they had done anything was in 1980 with Ultraman 80. And so Ultraman, the franchise, just got essentially put on hiatus. So then you had the Ultraman animated movie we talked about, 1987. Then 1990 was the Australian show. And then this came around in 1993. They went to an American studio named Major Havoc Studios. And I'm thinking, really? Major Havoc? It sounds like the name of a G.I. Joe villain. I'm just saying. A little bit, yeah, you're right. (laughs) But apparently nobody really knows much about this studio other than the fact that they made this show and some of the people who are on staff at the studio had worked on 
B-movies with notable titles like Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, so there is a very, okay, the one thing you will notice if you watch this television series, there is a very low-budget charm to this. Yeah, you say that, except the funny thing is, one of the... One of the points that Subaraya was butting heads with major ha- uh, major havoc over was the budget because they kept asking for more money. And but then you know what the problem was? They took a bunch of that money and the executives used it to go on vacations instead of giving oh. it to the production team so they could make the show. And then what could have been? Yeah, and so because so I bet I think that's why they were asking for more money so they could spend it on themselves. And then right. the show had to be filmed very quickly. They, you know, there was all of these production problems and with it. And the, the thing that's really nuts is they had big name Hollywood types that designed and manual, well, not designed, the, the, the designs of Ultraman Powered and the Kaiju were from Japan. I think even Shinji Aguchi had a hand in some of the Kaiju designs. And... The, but the suits were manufactured by people who worked for Stan Winston in Hollywood, which is why these suits look amazing. Yeah, like they, <laughs> which they, we'll they get look, into. They all look fantastic. Yeah, but uh, but it's crazy. also the fact that they look fantastic is also a drawback. But which we'll get into. So there was all of right. this stuff, all this drama going on, and the the drama that went into the production of this show. I'll give you the link. There's a blog post that was written by it on Ultra Blog DX. You know, you can okay. include this in the show notes. The drama behind the scenes with this show could fill an entire episode. But basically, I just mentioned all of some of these details in passing so you know what's going on with this show. Now, I personally believe, having now watched the show twice, that the executives at Major Havoc were probably jerks, but the people <laughs> who are on the ground working on it, I think were very serious about making something good and were invested in making something good. They were just hamstrung really badly. <laughs> yeah. The, even the actors and actresses that worked on this, on the show felt, it felt like to me, they cared about what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the things that Travis points out in his notes. He said, the acting is great. It's uniquely, Amer- it has a uniquely American earnestness to it, but it's still fun. And mm. I would agree with that. There is, of distinctly American energy that you get from this show. And it is very earnest, which is mm-hmm. I, it's why I can't hate it. The, the, I've seen a couple of video reviews of this show and they are not kind to it, but I, I can't hate it. Every time I watch it, I can't hate it for all its glaring flaws. I can't hate it. <laughs> well, you know, one of the glaring flaws that I saw immediately, well, not immediately, but when the first battle, when the first kaiju battle happened. Uh, yeah, the the, uh, the kaiju battle in the first episode is rough. but And that's because yeah. the guys working on the show literally used cardboard for the cityscape because that's how they thought things got actually were made in Japan. And then Supro right. actually sent some of their special effects guys over to help them out. And they're like, what the frick are you doing? <laughs> and, and then showed them how to do it, right? Yeah, there's a definite quality difference uh, that changed from episode one to even episode two. Uh, you can see the quality difference in the stage design. Uh, and even 
sort of like I was extremely disappointed with Bolton's design, honestly. Like I it it literally looked like someone with tights on and just had this big uh, paper mache claws and things draped over. It was just, it was extremely cheesy. Um, I feel like they didn't put as much, I feel like there wasn't not as much thought and effort put into that particular design as there was for the rest of the Kaiju in the series. But the flaw that I'm going to ready, but I'm getting ready to point out is the battles compare if you compare the 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 Ultraman the Kaiju battles if you compare the Showa era stuff and then compare it to this they move so slow mm, that is the big complaint that people in the fandom have about this show and i get it it's a superhero show it's ultraman one of the things you have to have, as shallow as it may sound, is you have to have good fight choreography. Right. And right. this goes back, and we're kind of breaking the positivity sandwich here a little bit, but the as I, I'll, I'll kind of couch it a little bit. I love the suits in this. Mm-hmm. They are remarkably detailed. I am so happy to see these, because all of the kaiju who are in the show are mm-hmm. redesigns and reimaginings of kaiju from the original 66 show. So none of the kaiju are original, but they all look amazing because Well, you know, they're redesigned in such a way that I had there was a couple of them that I had trouble pinning down what they were or who yeah. they were supposed to be. Yeah. And honestly, um, considering how rarely Subaraya themselves redesigns these kaiju, I, this was a welcome for me. And I would love to see some of these designs come back. Boltan is probably the most underwhelming, but you know some of the other ones, some of them are subtler than others, but then there's some really good ones that I wish they would bring back. But one of the draw, and I, uh, I'll, I'll talk about this. I love the design of Powered in this. He looks a lot like, like the original Ultraman or like Ultraman Jack, but he has... Of a very distinct American superhero physique. He looks really buff. Right. And has a right, very distinct V shape, like an American superhero, the in his torso. And uh, there's some subtle changes they make to him. Like his eyes are blue. Most ultras don't have blue eyes, but then his eyes actually change color when his mm-hmm. color timer goes off. Because they do keep the that trope, the the three minute thing. And they do. you know, but and so when his color timer goes off, his eyes change color. So it's an extra warning device. So it all looks great, but the problem is the materials that the suits were made out of for both Ultraman and the Kaiju looked great, but they were inc- incredibly difficult to move in and apparently were kind of fragile. So they were afraid of breaking things. <laughs> yeah, it's like you. It's it's what I noticed. I think it was um, it was episode two, and the Kaiju that he was the Kaiju that he went up against in episode two escapes me. Um, shoot, dag on it. But give me um, a second. I'll, uh, I'll uh, bring it up here on my notes, but keep talking. Oh, Camular. Anyway, Kimura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he Ultraman won by just pushing him over. Yeah. Like it was just a, it was just a gentle like shove. Uh, like into, and to me, okay. I was sitting here, I was sitting on my couch thinking about this. This, Watching these monster battles, this must be what people think of when they think of 
guy in rubber suit monster battles. I don't think this is a good representation of what the genre is really like, though. That's that's the problem I had with it. Yeah, uh, and uh, there are a few episodes where kaiju will fight each other, and they more or less basically just bump into each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it could be just due to the fact that they were incredibly bulky and hard to see out of. Um, that could also be a factor. I'm not. Yeah, it I mean, was the, it was the material things. they were made out of. They were difficult to move in, and they thought they were fragile, so they didn't want to wreck them. And the, some of them are even kind of dangerous. Like there was a, there were electronic components in the uh, Ultraman mask that apparently were designed so poorly they could catch fire. So, <laughs> yeah. And see, that's one thing I know. That's one thing I was going to say too, is like, they put a lot of, even though they were, uh, the battles themselves were lackluster, you know, the designs of these Kaiju are really well done and really, uh, animated too. Cause I was watching the episode with red King, uh, where, where, where red King is actually red. Uh, go figure. It took an American company to, to actually do that. Um, but the expressiveness, the animatronics that they put in these kaiju's uh, faces and everything, it just it added something to it. It wasn't just like we've seen with earlier Ultra shows um, where it was just like mouth opens, roar, mouth closes, no roar. You know, it, it wasn't that simple. It was like there was a lot of emotion behind a lot of these kaiju and I think they were really, really well done. In fact, you know, Red King was probably one of my favorites uh, of the redone kaiju. And I think the, one of the reasons is, is because it felt proportioned. Mm -hmm. Like I noticed something in this show where I felt like they purposefully or not purposefully, I don't know what it was, increased the size of all the kaiju's heads to comedic proportions in some cases. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Gamora, uh, Gomora, uh, for instance, has a huge freaking head compared to the rest of his body. Um, that might have that been the horns, though. He had giant horns. It may have been. Yeah, it may have well been. But I just feel like they they did that for all of the kaiju. And I think it's what is it, Aborus or Ab, Ab, Abunus? Aborus. Aborus. Is it the blue one or the red one? I can't. I get them confused. I think Aborus uh, is the blue one. But I'll okay, check so my Abor notes here real quick. Keep talking. <laughs> A Boris's design was really well done. It looked like um, it looked more T-Rex like with the big with the big maul in front, like the ginormous head and uh, the smaller, more slender body and the tail uh, that kind of goes back and okay, lifts off if, the ground. If I wrote this correctly in my notes, a Boris is the red one. OK, so what is the I can I get the blue but, one. OK, vanilla. Okay. Okay. Man, you say Manila? Vanilla. <laughs> vanilla. Vanilla. Okay. Vanilla Manila. Vanilla Manila Vanilla. Okay. It's, there uh, we go. Yeah. I guess it's a banana kaiju or something. I don't know, but it... anyway, uh I mean, I thought they were really well done. I thought they were I thought they were done good. I I, I was happy that they brought back some of the old sound effects. Oh, that was from... great too. I, I, yeah, they were very true to how the monsters sounded. And in the show's defense, I do think the fight choreography got better as it went. It's it got slightly better. It didn't get worlds better. I mean, and don't get me wrong, this show was really enjoyable for me. I had a lot of fun with this. I think I binge I binged this show in a matter of 2 days. 
just sitting in the evening, just yeah. watching it. And I had and I had a lot of fun with it. I'm glad mm. that we did this. You can I'm actually that- watch it on YouTube. It is available on YouTube. Thank you, Gorazon. Yes. So yes, I will actually post a link. What he has for it is the the Japanese Blu-ray rip, and my gosh, they, it looks good. Oh, it looks really good. Like I was sitting, I was watching it on my on my uh, 4K television. It looks really good. Like I like everything looks great. Um, yeah. If I was, I made a note in there. It's like this has what all of the fans keep clamoring for the well, that they want from the MonsterVerse. You got daytime battles. Yeah, your day battles. Are you happy? You got your day battles. There are a few episodes that take place at night, but for the most part, you get your day battles. The bright California sun. <laughs> because it was filmed in yeah, California. Um, downtown, uh, let's see, was it downtown Seattle, Washington looked like uh, in the suburbs of Oklahoma. Or it was like in this big open field. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, he's he's going to blow up the city. I was, and I'm sitting here thinking, what city he's in the country like what city are they talking about yeah um, but that sort of stuff happens all the time <laughs> it does yeah I mean, that little stuff it's little that's little nitpicky stuff yeah so but, you know but they started doing some more stunt work with the guy in the uh, for ultraman in the suit and they started doing you know it's some slightly more elaborate choreography then they kind of got into a groove where they started doing more of the energy attacks so he would use energy attacks to do it and you know, I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna tell you right now that having watched Ultraman Towards the Future, Ultraman Great, I'm gonna tell you right now the fight choreography isn't a whole lot better comparatively in that show. And in that show, the uh, that Ultraman was literally a guy in spandex, which I think was the first time they ever had a spandex Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that and sounds it, terrible. I mean, I've never seen it, but that just—it's amusing. Awful. It's like. It's like Doctor Who, but with Ultraman. It's <laughs> I'm like, like classic Doctor Who, but with Ultraman. It's uh, so I found it charming, but yeah, but a spandex Ultraman in that, and the fight choreography is not all that much better. Yeah. I'm really happy that they stuck pretty close to um, to the lore for this show. Like, for it to be an American, they do, product. but they also break from it at some yeah. points, and I really like the fact that they broke from it. So, okay. So comparatively, what is your favorite? I'm trying to think of how to word this. What is your favorite break from the lore that they did for this show? I actually thought it was really cool how in the final episode that Powered actually separates himself from Kai. Mm-hmm. Because yes. in every other Ultra, I haven't seen all of them yet, but in every other Ultra show that I've seen and most of the ones I've heard about, when you get to the end of the series, and the Ultraman leaves and goes back to M78, he takes the host with him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like the bonding is permanent and you can't get out of it, which is interesting. But in this one, the uh, Powered actually separates himself from Kai in the first episode because he got into a battle in the previous episode where he got slashed across the chest and Kai had and the same hurt. wound. And the yeah. Ultraman says, I can't do this. I don't want you to die, basically. It's like, I can't let you get hurt. And Kai tells him, right. but you and need me so you can exist on Earth. And he said, I'll manage, basically. Yeah. And he had just enough energy left to finish the fight and then leave. Yeah. Which, so I think it's, I think it's really- the only Ultra series where the Ultraman fights his final battle without the host. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I really enjoy that kind of stuff too. I mean, there's, there's other little minor, there's other little minor breaks from the lore that I noticed. I think I texted you while I was watching. I was like, the spacium beam is different. It gets across and not just a single beam. Right. If, if that sounds, uh, really yes, I think some of the, I think some of the newer ultra series started getting into making it a cross shape beam, but I, uh, but I, I could be wrong on that. But and the yeah, it is a little bit unique is, in this one, which I actually really yeah, like. The, yeah, the arm configuration is different with this too. It's like uh, instead of un, it's instead of the cross, instead of the 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 let's say the underarm going uh, The original Ultraman did have it be cross shaped because Superaya was Catholic, so he that he told them to do that. But then some okay. of the later Ultras, they would put it uh, put their elbow on their hand, so it looked more like an L. And so, gotcha. but, and then depending on the ultra, they, some of them will do the cross shape. Some of them will do the L, you know, it just depends mm -hmm. on the ultra. If you were going to rewrite, if you were going to pick out a single episode from this series, what was your standout? You know, interestingly, it, you know, the ones that I actually kind of like the most, uh, there's a couple of them that seriously have some pretty potent emotions in them. I think particularly with the kaiju, which you yeah. don't necessarily expect. You see it a bit in the the first episode with Red King because you find out that there are two Red Kings. One of them is his mate. And while both of them try to fight Ultraman, the one of them falls off a cliff and the other one freaks out and it seems like he's going to jump down the cliff to go after him, uh, go after the mate, and Ultraman holds him back. You know, and then you actually... More, you see Red King, for lack of a better term, cry because mm -hmm. his mate just died. And they the characters make the comments like, oh, I guess Red King's mate for life, you know? And so that was nice. The The Jamila episode was really oh, yeah. emotional. That was gonna be that was gonna be the one that I was gonna pick as far as the standout episode for me. I think that the emotion, the acting, all that, all it, and even the ending was really emotional when Jamila or Jamara, he's called yeah. Jamara. Well, it's, it's because series. Japanese swaps the L and R sounds. Right. Uh, so Jamara in this or Jamila in this, uh, series <clears throat> basically has Ultraman kill him to free him from this, uh, curse from this, uh, alien from entity. From this alien entity, yes, yeah. and it's a really emotional moment because it has it has this scene where um, the daughter, who is the daughter of this astronaut, believes her father is alive, and everyone else thinks he's dead. So when when his when her father comes back, um, he is possessed by this alien entity. But this but for some reason, this alien entity allowed him to come back long enough to see his daughter. Uh, and then the alien, and then they, uh, try to stop him. And then the alien entity takes full control of his body and grows to this giant, uh, kaiju. So it, it's a really interesting, it's, it's sort of, it's a similar retelling of the original Jamila episode. If I'm not, yeah, it's been a while. My home is earth, I believe is what it's my called. home is there. Yeah. It's it's sort of a retelling of that if you've seen that episode from the original Ultraman series. Um 
but it's it's still really really good because it's set in it's set in the 90s it's got a lot it's it's got some of that 90s cheese but there's a lot of good emotion to it and that's probably my standout episode from this series now uh there are others that just kind of involve kaiju that i enjoy like uh i, I mentioned um, uh gomera uh the I gomera like that. that episode was pretty emotional too it was it was because it's it's like it's they treated gomera as this really sympathetic character which mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken they really treated him like a sympathetic character in the original series as well he's mm-hmm. just a dinosaur who's just trying to survive. He's just trying to go mm-hmm. home. Yeah, in and, this in this series, he gets revived. They think he's dead, mm-hmm. but he gets revived. And then they realize that what he's trying to do, all he's trying to do, his only motivation is that he's trying to get back to what he thinks is his habitat. Well, in the millions of years since he was around, his habitat changed. But they figure out he's an aquatic dinosaur, so he thinks he's going back to essentially a wetland. But it's not a wetland anymore. So he gets yeah, back there, and then he just keeps dehydrating because he needs to be in water. He's an aquatic animal. And mm-hmm. he starts stomping around in a, in a, a suburban neighborhood because that's what's there now. And mm-hmm. Ultraman gets into a fight with him, but he's trying not to hurt him because he can't put up a fight. He's worn out. He's dehydrated. And he just falls over. And then Ultraman just goes over and just it's like it was like a cowboy with a with a dying horse almost you know he just goes over and he's petting him trying to comfort him because he can't fight anymore he's just dehydrated he's dying and then he just comforts him in those final moments and then he just lays him down and and he leaves that's the interesting thing i feel like ultraman powered is at least in this show is very human well very human he's very compassionate it seems mm-hmm. he'll kill a monster when he knows he has to. But if it's something like a Gomera or a Jamila, a red King, he'll hold back and offer yeah. comfort where needed. So, yeah. and you know, he, he, he killed Jamila in this series, but reluctantly. Yes. Like and the, the actor that played Ultraman, the suit actor in this, the suit actor that played Ultraman for this series did a really excellent job of showing that emotion through his actions, through his, mm-hmm. through the animation of his hands, his body language, just everything was really well done for that sequence. Uh, when basically he killed Jamila at Jamila at, at, at Jamara's request. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing. So I want to mention a few of our dislikes because we do try to, cover everything yeah um, uh, by the way one other little uh break from tradition that i did like is pigmon doesn't sure. die <laughs> <laughs> pigmon shows up and for once everybody lives <laughs> you know i was watching i know i was talking with travis while he was watching this he's like pigmon looks weird <laughs> do we want to talk about what he said no, we got a new, you've it. already got problems with Yeti nipples. Do we want to talk about we, what he said? I don't, I don't think I want to go into four and in, into, into quad boobs. Um, uh, yeah. Into, yeah. Into quad boobs. Also, mine, I so. do want to throw out there, there, uh, Dada is in this. He's heavily reimagined and he seems like he would have been better suited to be on Gridman. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he was a computer I'm virus re- as opposed to being a weird alien. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to retract my statement when I said that the Bolton design was <laughs> my least favorite because now that you reminded me of, of Dada, <clears throat> that looked like a just a jumpsuit with black and white sequence all over it. And I guess they did they have a contest with the crew's uh, children that who could make the best paper mache head <laughs> I don't uh, know. To, to go over <laughs> top did, of this guy's. He did, did look weird. It looks so terrible. Like it looks so terrible. Um, I was so happy when that episode was over just because I didn't have to look at Dada anymore. Um, but no. yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting uh, plot line yeah, to have. And, uh, I know that suit was particularly difficult for the actor on set, which is why Dada doesn't really do a whole lot other than shoot energy bolts <laughs> out of his fingers or he magically waves cars. Yeah. He has telekinesis. Just, yeah. He just, which the original Dada did not have. <laughs> yeah. So that's a reimagining of that lore. Um, but I did want to mention some of Travis's dislikes. Yeah. Uh, he said in the notes here, it says, since uh, since this came out the same year as Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, he can't help but compare it, compare yeah. the two. Which- yeah, I will tell you right now, if they had tried to air this show, because I'm guessing it probably would have been the same fall as Mighty Morphin because they were made the same year. Power, Ran- that, Power Rangers was a juggernaut. It would have eaten this show for breakfast. Mm-hmm. It would. There's no way it was going to compete with it's a completely different pacing the they would have people the kids would have watched those probably would have watched those fight scenes after watching power rangers thought they were boring it just wouldn't have worked i think this was meant to be a family show personally but yeah i could see that this was a fa- this was a saturday morning not that i think power rangers was saturday morning too I'm it not was sure. yeah this is a saturday sunday morning television show for families um, mm-hmm. especially in that first could've... episode, the first episode actually has mild profanity. In it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, I think that's one thing I will say about this, like for an American show. And I know that American television shows like to slip a few cuss words in, uh, for effect value. But I can say that I was really surprised with the, with the very low amount of profanity in this. So this is truly something you could watch with your kids if you wanted to, mm-hmm. um, and we'll link, I'll link the, uh, I'll link the, the YouTube, uh, playlist in the show notes so that anyone out there one that has never seen this before, uh, can watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really entertaining. Um, one thing that Travis did mention the one thing that Travis did mention, and this was something that I was thinking about too, was the theme song wasn't super catchy. It wasn't like it, it doesn't get stuck in your head, like sort of return of Ultraman or even the original, uh, Ultraman show, like Ultraman, yeah, Ultraman. But then they have a completely different. Yeah, but then they have a completely different theme song and opening credit sequence in the final episode. And I'm like, why is, didn't you do and this? And that the song's whole time. better. The 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 second one actually has a like an 80s Magnum PI A team sort of flavor to it, and I'm just like, why yeah. did you use this the whole time? <laughs> yeah, and they tried to they tried to sort of do what uh, what the original Ultraman shows 
would do is they would have the title card come up with this sort of liquefied paint scheme, Mm -hmm. this neon liquefied paint scheme come up. And then you see the title card for Ultraman and just like from a design perspective, it just looked really out of place. If they were going to go super futuristic with, um, with sort of the title card, they should have just went full on with it. They should just went full, full in with it. I just don't, I don't like the beginning title card. I know that's sort of a nitpick, but the, and the, the, the song, the opening, the song that you get for the first 12 episodes of a 13 episode series isn't really all that great. It's yeah. not very catchy at all. It's, it's very synthesizer heavy Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. Maybe they wrote that thing in like a day. Possibly. <laughs> um, Funny thing, uh, when you if you watch this in Japanese and Japan, the song had lyrics. Oh, see, I would have probably liked it better with lyrics. Well, go uh, go on YouTube and you can find the Japanese version that has lyrics. Nice. Uh, so let me ask you: Would you re- for someone who is a longtime fan of Ultraman? Would you recommend they watch this show? I would, but I would probably tell uh, tell them to watch some of the other stuff first, mm-hmm. just so they can kind of get it. They can get an idea of where the show is coming from, because mm-hmm. I don't. As much as I have a soft spot for it, I don't think it's the best representation of what Ultraman is. Well, it's what America thought Ultraman was. It's a very American Ultraman, uh-huh. which is, yeah, which is, which comes with its, which comes with its, uh, good things and its bad things. Yeah. It's obviously. got some baggage that goes along with it. But then again, like very I said, the much. troubled production of the show comes with baggage. So, yeah. yeah. So another so, one of Travis's dislikes was, uh, I'm guessing he's talking about the uniforms that winner <laughs> war he says those jumpsuits look uncomfortable so they do they do look very uncomfortable but i mean honestly i'd if i was going to a conference i'd probably cosplay and, and wear one but they do i want to know why there's glitter in the sleeves i just <laughs> to i mean glitter was glitter was glitter and sequence was the thing in the 90s man of course you had to have glitter and sequence man I mean, come on did yeah. you you had siblings that grew up in the 90s did they not like my like my sister's prom dress was a nothing but big fish scale i'm just saying sequence. i come from a military family i don't know why it's shiny <laughs> glittery my pseudo sister would probably love it but <laughs> right um, so just to kind of help wrap things up, if what, what do you feel like sets this series apart from the, uh, what do you think this series does well to set it apart from others in the franchise? Like why would somebody who has seen pretty much all Ultraman or is very invested in Ultraman and the original Ultraman franchise, why would they want to? Uh, watch this i would say you would watch it for two reasons one the distinctly americanness of it mm-hmm. that distinctly american energy and the fantastic looking suits i can't get mm-hmm. past that those would be the big reasons i would say to watch it the, right. there's uh, those yeah those are the big ones 
I would say. You know, there's some other things to like about it. It's not nearly the doomster fur that if people want to make it sound like it is. <laughs> no, you're right. It's I like look, I, I'm with Travis because Travis was because Travis and I were talking about this while he was watching it. He's he's like, I went in with I don't I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because it's actually good or if I went in with such low expectations, but I'm actually enjoying myself. And I kind of feel the same way. Like I wasn't quite sure what to expect as far as Ultraman goes. I'm very, I've been trying to be very open-minded because, you know, Ultraman is not a franchise that I'm superbly familiar with. Like it's not Godzilla and it's not even Gamera and some others. And I will admit, I am still growing in my ultra fandom. Right. I'm still going on my ultra journey with, along with a lot of other people. And so I went into this with a very open mind, although I had heard some pretty uh, interesting comments about it. I, I refrained from watching any reviews of the show before watching the series, but I, but sort of the, the, the things that I had heard, like the fight choreography and sort of the cheesy 90, the nineties cheesiness was a complaint that I heard uh, from a lot of people that would mention this series, but honestly I enjoyed myself Mm -hmm. and I would say, I would say this is not going to be your intro to the ultra franchise, but it is something that you should watch at some point eventually. It's part of the legacy of this. And as, I mean, you could make the argument that because Supro had such a terrible experience with Major Havoc, (laughs) seriously, Supro and Major Havoc, that sounds like a tokusatsu series waiting to happen. (laughs) Supro. Supro and Major Havoc. But... (laughs) Join forces. No, they're arch nemeses. What are you talking about? But anyway, the because I think of their bad experiences with this, they've mm. never produced another foreign, officially anyway, another foreign ultra production. They focused exclusively right. on domestic products, uh, productions, mm. I would say. Although you never know the. Two years after this, they made Ultraman Tiga, which revived the franchise and has been one of the most popular characters in the entire Ultraman franchise. So maybe because of what happened here, we got Tiga out of it. So there's that. You know, I guess it's kind of like Godzilla 98. And we got Godzilla 2000 out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's a silver lining everywhere, I guess. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. Honestly, you know, but I but I don't think this is Godzilla 98 bad. It's definitely yeah. not. And I think the like I said, I think the people who worked on it were sincere and trying to make something good. You know, so I can't fault them for the fact that the people who ran the studio were jerks. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I like we've like we've said, like they were earnest, they were sincere. I, I like I don't have a problem really with the actors and actresses that 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 were on this show because I feel like they gave a good performance. They did put effort into what they were doing. Even the suit actors that played Ultraman and the, and the Kaiju, they did their best. And, you know, if you overlook some nit, if you overlook some, if you're able to overlook some things about the choreography and whatnot, you're going to find a lot to enjoy about this series. And like I said, 
it's a part of the legacy. It's a part yeah. of the lore. It's a yeah. It's, uh, it's important. Both. It's uh, a different. It's a different perspective mm-hmm. on a franchise that has been around for decades. Yeah, and, and from I feel fun- like it is very important to. I think it's important. It's an important series to watch at some point in your ultra journey. Yes, and what's interesting is apparently, even though you wouldn't think so, this show was popular in Japan. When it get did release in Japan, it never aired in the U.S., but it did air in Japan, and I guess the the series and the the character of Powered were popular. There was a video game based on it, and now both Ultraman Great, the Australian Ultraman, and Powered have appeared in some Subaraya productions since then. The they made cameos in the random name generator movie. <laughs> The Mega, Mega Monster, Monster Battle, Battle, Ultra Galaxy, the movie, whatever it was. Yeah. They made cameos in there, and they appear in three episodes of Ultra Galaxy Fight the Absolute Conspiracy. In fact, it's established in there that they, both Great and Powered, are trainers for the Intergalactic Defense Force. Which is, you know... I'm glad that I'm glad that this is not a series that Subaraya has decided to shun or uh, not speak of. No, in like, fact, when they were first promoting the this web series, they featured great and powered pretty prominently, and I think it's because uh, it's part of their efforts to appeal to an international audience. So like right. here, here are the two all uh, English language ultras. We're gonna actually put them in this. We're gonna feature them. So I feel like we're talking a little bit in circles. Uh, are there <laughs> any other? Are there any other um, fun facts, tidbits that you want to mention before we get into our Godzuki score? Yes, uh, I will say I do think the actual ending of this episode is actually uh, of the final episode. I should say is pretty strong, not just for the fact that. Ultraman fights without Kai, but I actually I love the last lines of the series. I don't know if you remember oh, these or not. Yeah, the, I did. Was uh, it light shines? Light, uh, light yeah. Shines. Uh, Kai repeats something that Ultraman said to him earlier in the episode, and he said, "Light shines everywhere in everyone. Open your eyes, and you will find my light." And that that really resonates with me. I really like that. And then <laughs> the then the actual final line of the show, I thought. My gosh, somebody working on uh, who worked on the dub for Godzilla 2000 must have somehow seen this because <laughs> the last line of the series is there's a little bit of Ultraman in all of us. <laughs> so apparently, if we, as Tokusatsu fans, we have all learned there's a little bit of Ultraman and there's a little bit of Godzilla in all of us. <laughs> and depending on what side of the bed you wake up on, will probably dictate whichever one you experience <laughs> in that day. Like I, yeah. I have my Godzilla days and my Ultraman days. So <laughs> take that for how you want to take it. Like, <laughs> but no, uh, one fun fact, I'll mention this one. The, there's actually some fairly high profile air quotes, guest stars that were on the show. Most notably oh, yeah, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, if you are into, the the science fiction and horror scene, the dude's been in everything. He's probably best known for, he's played several characters in the Star Trek franchise, and he was in movies like Reanimator. So, you know, he appeared in this as a, as a, like a Carl Denham sort of documentary director in this. 
<laughs> so that was actually a fun episode. And then we also had Bill Moomy, who you would know as uh, Will Robinson. Danger, danger, Will Robinson from Lost in Space. Right. And he was also Lanier in Babylon 5. Although he's only in it for about two minutes in the cold open and then gets killed by a kaiju. <laughs> Spoiler warning. <laughs> and we got to see uh, every, America's favorite principal, uh, Henry Cannon. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> A.K.A. Mr. Kaplan from the Mighty Morphin Power Yes, Industries. you would know this because you've been going on your power trip. <laughs> Although it's coming to a premature <laughs> end because of Netflix. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like I have gotten pretty far. Like I've gotten, I've gotten a lot further than what I really expected to, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. Like I, I cannot wait to talk about the Power Rangers franchise in March when we do that whole month dedicated to that. And hopefully, you know, I'm working on, you know, putting together a series of articles for Kaiju Ramen about power, about my journey through Power Rangers and about what that franchise, you know, has meant to me over the years. So. Look for that to come out soon. So, uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, do you have any more fun facts about this series? Yes, Nathan? the Kane Kusugi, who played Kenichi Kai in this series, he also mm -hmm. got to voice Ultraman Powered in the English dubbed version of Ultra Galaxy Fight: The Alt The uh, Absolute Conspiracy. He was even oh, interviewed as uh, in a little video that Subaraya Productions put on their YouTube channel. He knows really good English. Yeah. Oh, he has excellent English. Like, I know that's not, I mean, I know there's Japanese people out there that have excellent English. I'm just saying, I didn't expect his English to be, you know, that, that good. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, he also played Kazama in Godzilla Final Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been in Godzilla and Ultraman. <laughs> and then Kane's real life father show is the voice of, powered ultraman powered in this series so in those episodes it's only like most ultra shows well older ones anyway uh, the host only talks to ultraman in the first and last episodes they do that in this and so it's kane actually talking to his own dad <laughs> which i think is nice. really cool i mean yeah that's a that's a, that that probably led to a nice moment honestly yeah yeah, and you know, there's a lot of other things that we could talk about with this show, but uh, we've been uh, singing its praises for the most part for quite a while, so we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, if anyone if anyone is just now tuning into this episode, just now tuning into this uh, podcast, we like to rate uh, our our movies and television shows out of five Godzukis simply because we like to embrace the sillier side of this genre. So I'm going to ask you first, Nathan, since you are my guest, out of five Godzookies, what would you rate Ultraman Powered, a.k.a. Ultraman, the ultimate hero? Okay, since I actually get to see Godzuki fairly often on the island, I'm going to delight his little heart and... <laughs> I'm going to give the show four, which I know for some people is probably way too high. But like I said, I can't hate this show despite its glaring flaws. So I know it's not perfect, but I think it deserves four. 
Okay, so the, is that an honest four, or is that like a is that like half a point for nostalgia four? I I don't really have a nostalgic attachment to this because okay. you know, obviously you know, couldn't have seen it when it first came out because pff, never aired in the U.S. So you know that wasn't gonna happen. But right, I might be giving it a little bit of slack because you know it's American made, and I think it's just it takes some interesting liberties while also adhering to the the tropes and the lore of Ultraman. So it just, it does a lot of interesting things. And yeah, it doesn't succeed at all of it, but I think it was a worthy effort. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read Travis's score and I'm going to read his final thoughts on this series before I give mine. So Travis is Godzuki score uh, he gave it a three out of five godzukis and his final thoughts are it's definitely not what i was expecting it has a it has better production value than i was led to believe and just enough 90s cheese to be fun the one-two punch of this of this and power rangers could have gone a long way in making togasatsu more popular in the united states and travis i tend to agree with you if if this had been um if this had been run at the same time as Power Rangers, I feel like more people would be inclined to enjoy tokusatsu in the West than they already are. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, my Godzuki score uh, comes down to the fact that I enjoyed this more than I also expected to. Uh, I didn't know a whole lot about it going in. I knew it was... American Ultraman. So I was like, eh, I'm not sure about this. Like the Amer American studios could really muck it up. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, the production, like, like Travis said, the production value is really good compared to what I had in my mind. The suits are the, the reimagined Kaiju all looked fantastic, except for maybe a couple. Um, here's looking at you, Boltan and Dada. Um, <laughs> I loved, I actually really liked the ultra suit, the Ultraman design oh, for this. Yeah. And they've, uh, Super has kept that design. The, yeah. you know, in the newer stuff that they've done for the stage shows and for mm. the, and for absolute conspiracy, it just, it's just designed better. <laughs> so yeah. you can actually move and actually it's get into, very... get into physical fights with the monsters now. <laughs> it's very American. It is. It's very American. I will. The design of Ultraman is very American. Like we touched on. Uh, he's very muscular. He's what you would expect like an American style superhero to look like, except for in this case, he's designed to also look like Ultraman. Um, I would not say that if you're already an ultra, if you're an already an Ultraman fan, you need to watch this series. You do absolutely need to watch this series. If you are new to Ultraman, if it is, if Ultraman and the Ultra series and the Ultraman franchise is something you want to get into, don't start with this. Start, go back, watch the original, watch the Showa era. If you're or even watch sort of the later series like uh, Tiga, uh, even if you're following, if you've been following along with Ultraman Z or Ultraman Z, uh, watch those, go back and watch some Showa stuff, and then come back to this, and I think you will appreciate it more if you go, if you go about it that way. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, I had a lot more fun with this than I expected to. I will probably seek out the blu-ray to this i know you can find it um 
so I probably will yeah. add I, it to the and library. And I do know Mill Creek is working to be able, well, I should say Superia is trying to work out some rights issues so that they can give this to Mill Creek to release. Interesting. So I may wait for that. Uh, I know you can already buy the Blu-ray uh, somewhere, so I, I, I may just wait until, for Mill Creek to get the rights just so I can have everything consistently yeah. milk. Did you give your uh, actual score yet? I forget. <laughs> yeah. Three and a half out of five. Okay, I told you three and a sure. half out of five. <laughs> Godzookies. Because we sing the Godzuki song oh, on this oh, podcast oh. now. Um, so yeah, that closes the book on Ultraman powered uh, or Ultraman, the ultimate hero. Uh, this was supposed to be a month long tokusatsu month. Um, so it became Toku Hero Fortnite. <laughs> it, it became Toku Hero Fortnite. You're correct. It became Toku Hero Two Weeks, um, <laughs> simply because we tried. I think we covered Love and Monsters for our first episode back, and yeah, I mean, I'm just, I just really had a lot of fun with this. So I'm looking forward to revisiting some more obscure uh, Ultraman shows. Hopefully, maybe we can get our hands on the uh, the Australian show. And it's also on YouTube. Is. Okay, well that all right, that answers my question. It's also um, on YouTube. I although I think the the guy who posted it had to cut the theme song out because the theme song was getting him in trouble with YouTube. <laughs> interesting. Okay. So, moving on to the one of the to our next segment in the show. Nathan, do you know what time it is? Is it mail time? It's the mailbag. What's in the mail today? So, uh, we actually did get a message from Travis's best friend in the whole wide world, Kershaw. And Kershaw um, writes, he says, hey guys, if you guys are doing tokusatsu stuff in January, could you guys possibly talk about Super Inframan? At least in passing. I haven't met anyone else who has seen it or knows or knows of it yet, and I'm sure if you guys know of it, if not, and I'm not sure if you guys know of it, if not... It's definitely out there to watch if you look for it. It's not the best thing in the world out there, but it's fun. It's a fun watch at times. Let me know what you guys think. So thank you, Kershaw, Travis's best friend in the whole wide world. Uh, Nathan, um, <laughs> you are a super Inframan expert, actually. <laughs> Well, I don't know about expert, <laughs> but uh, I'll make Kershaw happy. I have seen super inframan in fact i acquired a copy of super inframan i tracked down the out of print legit release dvd of this movie and i managed to snag it for not a pound of flesh <laughs> because normally you'd have to fork over about 50 bucks for it <laughs> so i have seen this thing in fact i live tweeted about it with jimmy <laughs> when we watched it and I messaged both you and Travis. I said, this is the perfect Kaiju Weekly movie. <laughs> From what I understand, it is. Uh, now, it, I, it is I delightfully insane. It's like if you it's like if you took Super Sentai slash Power Rangers, Ultraman, Kamen Rider, and a lot of acid. <laughs> And threw it into a blender, <laughs> a Chinese blender, because it's a Chinese movie. And then you gave that cocktail 
to the Shaw brothers, and then they added a few more ingredients, stirred it up, and served it to all of their friends. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is what this movie is. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to try to fit it, it in. It's not I- it's not big on story, but it is so insane. <laughs> It kind of doesn't matter, <laughs> but it's, it's got an ultra, it, the hero, the title hero, super inframan. He's, he rides a motor. Well, he doesn't ride a motorcycle, but he, he's designed a lot like a common rider looking character, but he has mm-hmm. Ultraman style powers and the villains look straight out of super Sentai. <laughs> Jimmy actually had a little too much fun with one of them because mm, they're a little sexy. I'm just saying. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jimmy, just never mind. I'm not, I'm going to leave that one alone. Jimmy, I know you're listening, so yeah. get in there. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's crazy. And the the monsters, I don't know if the monsters are one is kind of like an ultra kaiju, but the rest of them are more like common rider villains or power ranger villains. Actually, probably more like power ranger villains because they're nuts. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous and you owe it to yourselves to watch it (laughs) oh we definitely will we definitely will i i don't have a whole lot to say about it kershaw i'm sorry because i've never seen it i know there are people out there in the fandom who have seen it. i know elijah's seen it and i don't know he just did an episode about it actually on his show okay Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure he loved it because this feels like something if he can. Okay. Let me just say this about Elijah. If he can stomach he's still losing to me, but <laughs> he's still losing to you. But if he can stomach the tattooed teenage alien, oh, fighters, God. Beverly Hills, I think he can probably stomach just about anything. Uh, if I have yet to figure out what his tastes are. Cause he, he confuses me. <laughs> I, he has no taste. I don't. I, I'm convinced that he has no taste whatsoever. It's like it's just all the same to him at this point. Um, well, when your like goal he, is to watch all of Tokusatsu, it's like he has. Uh, what is it? Don't hate me, Travis, but he's got like uh, fandom COVID. Like he has no taste. Uh, <laughs> if he has it we all have it (laughs) single one of us (laughs) oh yeah but in, in all seriousness no i we do we do plan on, uh, I think this may already be on the list. I don't even know. Where if it Travis isn't and you do a listener's choice, I'm going to push it hard. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to at least at the very least, we're going to add this to listener's choice month later on in the year. And, uh, whole, uh this will, I think the plan for that is we're just going to throw a bunch of random movies together and say, Hey, pick something. And then we're going to watch it. Uh, some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be okay. And some of them are going to probably be really, really bad. So. As long as it's Whatever. not Jumbo, Gase, and Giant, you're fine. Don't say that, because Travis, we'll put that on the list if you're if you're not careful. I think it already is. <laughs> <sighs> Jeez. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, if you would like to submit a question or uh, just a comment to us, you can do so by sending us an email at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. So before we get into the trivia question for next episode, 
Nathan, go ahead and give all of your shameless plugs. <laughs> all right. So uh, I am Nathan March and the, uh, the host and curator of the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. If you would like to listen to the show, we're on all the podcatchers. You can also follow us on social media uh, on Twitter at the Monster Isla One. And I would be remiss. I have to fulfill my contractual obligations. You should also follow my intrepid producer, Jimmy from NASA. Yes, I know you're happy. Quit listening. But you also, because I want to keep my job, follow the Monster Island Board of Directors, or as we like to call them, the BOD, because I guess that's what they like, at the Monster Isla B-O-D. And I guess now I have to also mention... Our new friend, Raymond Martin, I believe his handle, and I may get this wrong, I'm sorry, Mr. Martin, I believe it is MI, uh, at MIFV Legal Team. I believe that's what it is. So look for that, and if you are interested in follow, well, you can also follow the podcast on Facebook and on Instagram at Monster Island Film Vault, and I am also an author, published author. In fact, I had an essay in the first issue of Kaiju Ramen. I'm very proud of that. Yes, and yes, so you can also check out my not podcast related writings. The, my website is NathanJSMarchand.com. <clears throat> yes, I had to use both of my middle initials because the domain NathanMarchand.com was already taken. I'm going to find that guy and I'm going to <laughs> shoot him with a specium beam because <laughs> I want that domain back. Pow, the, right to the moon. Yep. <laughs> You, you can also, have you can also follow well. me on, on my professional Twitter at NathanMarchand7, and my professional Facebook page is The Worlds of Nathan Marchand. I believe I have gotten everything. Well, did you mention that the podcast has a Patreon? Yes. MIFV Max, join us. I give lots of cool bonus content. You should know Michael because you're one of those patrons. <laughs> I am. I am a, I'm a proud patron of the uh, uh, MIFV Max. Um, but before we move on, I do have a question because I told you early on in the episode or early on in the day, I, I have a very important question to ask you. Yes. And given the fact that you live on Ogasawara Island, on yes. Monster Island, and you live and work with actual kaiju. Yes. Can you confirm definitively for the purposes of this podcast? Yes. Is is Clifford on the island? No. So he is not a kaiju. No. In fact, the board has made that abundantly clear. In fact, in a recent episode, I was required to read a board press release on the subject because some twit on Twitter decided to go on a mild rant about it. I think I had the same run in with the same twit. But anyway, yeah. Um, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, Clifford was brought to the beta site. But he did not make admission to the island. He was, I believe, treated for some sort of hormone disorder and then sent back to, I believe her name is Elizabeth, that child, his owner, was sent back. Interesting. Okay, so there you have it, folks. The argument is completely and utterly settled. 
Clifford, the big red dog, is indeed confirmed not a kaiju because I have someone actually from Oga- from Monster Island sitting here in- on the podcast telling us so. So I take his word for it. Clifford, the big red dog, is not a kaiju. There you go. Hail so, Lord Gatekeeper. Moving- <laughs> Lord Gatekeeper. Um, anyway, so like at the end of every episode here on Kaiju Weekly, we like to ask a trivia question that leads into the next episode. And the trivia question for next week is, what was the first Toho Kaiju movie to be filmed in color? Hmm. What could this be? Hopefully we'll get some really interesting answers and some really creative answers and not just ones like Star Wars. Here's That's looking not at what you. it was. <laughs> no, the first answer was actually Star Wars. Yes. It was just a really phoned in answer. But anyway, <laughs> maybe maybe they were tired. Maybe they were tired because I don't know why they'd be tired because it's not like they work hard on their show anyway. So anyway. <laughs> oh, um, oh, and I thought I was in a cold war though. <laughs> this one is a uh, very hot, very, very muy caliente over here. So muy caliente. Yeah. I'm probably butchering that Spanish and I don't care. <laughs> Your Spanish is terrible, man. You just got me canceled. Um, <laughs> you, I'm the one getting canceled. We will be posting that trivia question to all of our social medias and on the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. Uh, we will accept any answer, whether it be serious, funny, or otherwise. We will read it here on but the podcast. Phoned in. For- phoned in is not allowed. <laughs> but not phoned in. It has to be somewhat creative. It can't be just something you woke up and farted out of your mouth. It has to be an actual good, funny, or creative answer. Or the right answer. Only way, or the right answer. That's the only way it makes it on this podcast. I know. I'm, I'm being harsh today because Travis is not here to reel me in. Um, so before we go, I want to thank you audio listener. I want to thank everyone else for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Kaiju Weekly and you can follow me at Kaiju Groupie Pod. All the links to our social medias will be in the show notes as well as as a link to the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group Uh, will all be listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to the trivia question uh, that we just read out to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. A big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. It has been a pleasure uh, seeing all the wonderful feedback come in from that magazine, and we are looking forward to creating even more issues. We have even more great content for that magazine planned for the rest of the year. Uh, and if you want to find out more about Kaiju Ramen and all things going on with that project, you can go visit kaijuramenmagazine.com. And There's also one more thing that you can do to help support this podcast. And you can go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I will accept nothing less than five stars. Leave us a really glowing, gushingly sappy comment. Tell us how much you enjoyed this show. Tell us how much we have impacted and influenced your life. And tell us... Even if we, if you've named one of your children after us, that would be really cool too. Um, Michael Travis. So, Michael Travis. Hmm. I don't know. It's, it probably it has a nice ring to it. Uh, anyway, so please 
leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, we promise we will read that feedback on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's going to help put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans just like you, just like me, just like Travis, just like Jimmy, and just like my dear friend Nathan Marchland here. Um, it's also going to help. It's also going to help Travis in the not-so-distant future see the goo. Is he still on a campaign to do that? Apparently. No one knows. I mean, all he has to do is make another trip to the island. We have some of it. Oh, well, I mean, there you go, Travis. Just make another, just hop, just while you're over there with Jimmy, just go ahead and fly in the Super Mogra, in the Uber Mogra, <laughs> head on over to the island, poke the goo, and then come back and tell me how it was. Except so, they, they, they don't have it out for the public to see. I think the, they keep that in a, a nice little lab someplace. They don't want that getting out. Well, from what I understand, uh, the board has a very favorable, a favorable opinion of Travis. And so, uh, they actually, they actually may make an exception for him. They probably will. Yeah. So as always, we like to end this episode by saying help control the giant monster population. Have your Ultraman powers powered spayed or neutered. Well, that's, uh, uh, it's too bad. After that, he won't be all powered up anymore. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> 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 <laughs>